What's up, beautiful? Oh, not much. Just that slightly, that slightly sweaty post runaround kind of feeling, you know, where it's not like you've been actively exerting yourself, but you've sort of been a little bit busy and then you sit down and you're just kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. You say sweaty? Yeah. You know, when you've just been like moving about. Yeah. Gross. But it's not, it's not like Your sweaty, house looks cool. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just like, I guess it's like warm. Maybe that's what I'm getting at. Where you're just a little bit like um, you've been flustered. You've been running around a bit. Did you shower today? Yeah. Okay, so you don't stink. No, you least. know what I'm talking about, surely. Every time you yeah, run in and pod after a, um, like you've just rushed in from work or something like that, you know, you're just like, you're in that little bit of that fluster mode. Sure. Right? You're flustered, you're flustered. Yeah. Not emotionally, but physically. So I have a brand new Mac. Oh. And, um, but I just realized that, well, just before, while I was setting up that, I need, it's all got those USB-C ports. Yeah. So I need to change all my cables or buy a dock. Yeah, buy a little dock. Or a hub, I think yeah. it's called. Yeah. So that'll be for next time. But, yeah. That's exciting. Is that a work um, work acquisition? Yeah. What did you yeah. get? A, a MacBook Standard? MacBook Air? MacBook Pro? MacBook Pro, I think it's 16 inch. Yes, nice. 2020 model. 2020 it's is very an nice. M1. Very nice to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 2020 is an M1. <laughs> no, sorry. Nailed me. <laughs> yeah. You showed me. What was I going to ask you? No. Gone. That's a good start to the podcast. Just a silence of uncertainty. You were, you were, that should be the name of this podcast, I think. <laughs> wow, we've cut, we got that very early. Um, you went, uh, you were, you said you were fitting for a suit. Yeah. Suit shopping for Ben. Get some stories out of that. I've got, I've got the story of what we did, but I don't know it's like classically entertaining, but we can give it a crack. I um I want to hear about it. I went suit shopping today, suit shopping today with the groomsmen for Ben's wedding, um, which yep. was coming up in January, um, and it's uh you know the 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 most uh difficult part of it, I suppose, is just like colors. Like I don't know what. So your... he hadn't decided the colors. He had decided yep. on a on a blue. But here's the issue, um, and it wasn't it wasn't like a dramatic issue. But this was the challenge we faced as um, four straight white guys. Um, the aesthetic of the bridesmaids was like an autumnal palette, so there was okay. different coloured dresses for each of them. Bride obviously different again, but then four bridesmaids. One in like a russet, one in like a bronze, one in like a green, and one in like a, I think like a deep purple or something like purple. that. Like quite sort of distinct, four distinct, semi-saturated autumn kind of colours, plus the bride. Right. And then groom is in like a darkish, a dark suit with like a blue pinstripe, quite classy. And then the choice came for the groomsman. And that became like an interesting kind of color puzzle because 
Is this all happening at the place? This this conundrum, this choosing? Mm, no. So the bridesmaids aren't with us, but we had basically gone to uh, like a, a couple of malls to look around at a few different places and see what was out there and and make a sort of plan. So we uh, we right. had the idea that it was going to be a blue, but then the interesting challenge became like, okay, so we need to find some kind of blue that complements the groom but then also, are we all different colors as well, like the bridesmaids are? Are we all wearing the same suit yeah. or not? And is there a color that goes with a black suit with blue pinstripes, the bride, and then four different autumn colors for the bridesmaids? And trying to find something that's hit all of those criteria was actually like a little bit of a head scratcher to work out where it was going to end up. Okay. And so what you, what you land on? We did end up going for like a bluish, a darkish blue suit. In fact, I have. Put it on. Get your kid off. Hey. So, yeah, Looking this is where we Looking very nice. Yeah, so it's quite a nice sort of, I don't know what you call that, like a navy blue, a royal blue. It's probably not royal. Um, yeah, it's, I reckon it's closer to navy than royal. Yeah. Love so, it. It's, it's great. pretty um, classy. Very classy. Yeah. And um, you've obviously beefed it out a little bit since your your last suit. Well, that's why I needed to buy measuring, a suit. I guess. Yeah, it, it's like a. Oh, I can't actually. Should be in front of the microphone if I'm on a podcast. Um, the. No one cares. Okay. Well, they couldn't hear me last time. Um, yeah, I, I my last suit doesn't fit me at all. It's <laughs> it's very very um revealing of certain places so uh, that was one of the benefits Your penis? of getting the penis the penis is on full display penis area um the penis place the penis zone um uh-huh. but that was one of the benefits of having a few weddings coming up is hopefully leaving the suit shopping to the last dish minute um would allow this to then be a suit which fits me for a while and that i can reuse for a bunch of the things coming up rather than Buying well, so, too early and so, then changing sizes again. <laughs> so you have to buy the suit. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I think mean, typically, uh, I don't want to cause any, yeah, cause I mean, any ben dramas does here, but to this I podcast. think typically, that's, uh, typically I think the, uh, the groom would uh, buy or at least rent the suits of his groomsmen. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe they do things differently in New Zealand. Yeah, I think that's um, perhaps budget dependent. Um, I certainly wasn't sure. unhappy to purchase a suit knowing that I will hopefully get a few good years and w- other weddings out of it. Um, you would have been happier if you, you didn't have to pay for it, though. <laughs> sure. Actually, we did get, last, I, I will tell you, time... um, we bought the suit and it came with free shoes. So we bought it at this place, bought, bought a suit, $80 pair of shoes just chucked in the bag for free. Fuck yeah. But it was I like mean, a lottery, though. It, it doesn't fit me. They're the wrong size. They just, like, grab some shoes off the shelf and just put them in. <laughs> so it's a bit useless, but I like the idea. <laughs> and they're not the same color, which is <laughs> no, very... they're mismatched. Yeah. Very odd. I'm just going to hang up this the last, well, I, Okay. I'll just... I'll just shut up. I was just saying that... Um, I wasn't just saying. I was going to say before you rudely got up and put away your jacket okay. that when I was a groomsman for Michael O'Dwyer's um, wedding, uh, they rented this... There was, I think it was a rent of the, the 
the suits. So we went and all got fitted all together. And then you got to keep the shoes. Oh. So, so he bought the shoes. He bought shoes for everyone and you got to keep them. He bought shoes for the groomsmen. Can you rent shoes though? Is that just a thing where they're like, no, nah, you, you don't get to rent these and hand them back. It's not like at a bowling alley. I suppose you could, but yeah, maybe you scuff them up and stuff. But it's like, it's it's a nice little gift. He also got us all gifts. I don't know if Ben did that for you, but... Well, it hasn't been the wedding yet, so I don't know. No, I mean, but he got us, he got all the groomsmen's gifts it, it, uh, asking us to be groomsmen. He oh. said, will you be my groomsman? And then, like, gave us a gift. Very classy, that Michael That's O'Dwyer. That's quite classy. And speaking of classy Michael O'Dwyer's, he and Katie have just had another baby. Oh, congrats, Odie. That's exciting. Yeah, congrats, guys. Little baby Isabel. Oh, I don't like the name, um, so that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's like... That's, um... <laughs> it's like, oh, this is Isabel. Oh, <laughs> Oh, is it too late to? No, you're sticking that one. Sticking with that. No, I really I like that bit. I'll probably use that. that. Yeah, that's good. It, with an A. This one's with an A. With an A. What? How else would you spell it? Is. Oh yeah, I was thinking Isobel. No. Oh, actually, you're right. Yeah, there are some Isos. Yeah. Isobel. Yeah, Isobel. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, congrats. So, yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't received a gift from Ben, but that's okay. I wouldn't have expected it. It's an interesting dynamic as well. Like you're holding a present and you're like, so look at this. Give it a little bit of shake. Do you want to be my groomsman? And then you're like, you're half handed over. And then they're feeling like, well, I can't say no. You've got this, this bottle of shardy in front of me. Like it's, it's yeah. you kind of already sealed the deal. It's quite a good power move there to like, uh, to seal the deal. Yeah. To get the when, outcome. When, 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 when Odie did it with me, he got down on one knee as well. I think he was just in the zone. <laughs> he was, he was practicing. He, was he hasn't yet proposed like, to this her is, yet. This, but is, was, <laughs> <laughs> this has never, this has never not worked for me. Uh, yeah, when I've wanted one to out get of one time. something, you yeah. know, so now he just keeps, now he just does it at Coles sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And he goes to Wendy's and wants an extra scoop. They just um, get down on one knee. I remember Wendy's. Oh, they they used to be the the, the place. Oh, yeah, Wendy's hot dogs, hot dogs. You ever have a hot oh, dog? I was just talking about them the other day. Love those hot dogs with the garlic butter. I used to Did go to get just, garlic butter. I like that they toasted the bun by just putting the bun over this hot rod. Yeah, it's always a little bit sensual. Yeah, very sensual. <laughs> I wish I was the bun. <laughs> Oh, welcome to Deep Forward, everybody. <laughs> this is a podcast. It's not always quite that weird, but it sometimes is, and that's part of the charm. Um, sitting through the internet with me, my friend Michael. Hey, hey, how you doing? Hello. And my name's Nick. Thank you for asking. I'm doing well today. Uh, and what a pleasure to be back. Feels like a little bit long this time, in between apps. Yeah, that's my bad. Um... I think I'm gonna to have to just it's gonna to have to be a weekend thing for me now mm. these days with working a bit later and commuting is a bit later. Mm. Can you talk right. new job at all? Uh yeah, I'm, I have another job, you know, in kind of media and comms. I won't say where. Yeah. But you can find me on LinkedIn if you want. Um 
Yeah, no, it's uh, two weeks in. Um, getting your sea legs. Big office. Yeah, getting off. Starting to get like properly into some work now, which is good. There's an interesting dynamic in the office between like my manager and her boss, which is like the senior manager where they clearly hate each other. <laughs> um, so that's fun to walk into. The building, you know, I, I worked at the zoo for like two years, so I was always whoa, walking whoa. around. And what? Yeah. What? Can't okay. catch me now, baby. God, that came out I of had... nowhere. You worked at a zoo? <laughs> I worked at a zoo, For baby. two years. God, you kept that quiet. You kept that real well, quiet. Well, when I... Well, when they, I'm not sure if I told you this, but when I got that job, they were very, um, I actually mentioned on my resume, I think, or maybe in the interview that I did a podcast, thinking that that would kind of be, you know, oh, he's, you know, does things on the side and, you know, he's got like a creative thing or whatever. Yeah. 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 And they were like, "Mm, that might be a problem Um, because (laughs) they thought it might be a conflict of interest. They thought, first of all, I think they thought that, that we had, over, you know, 12 listeners. It's <laughs> <laughs> their first mistake. They're just thinking, oh, this might be like a like a newsy podcast. Yeah. Um, and we're like worried that I was, I don't know, leak information about the zoo. But now I don't work for them and I can Say tell you, you all the secrets about the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I won't because I'm scared of the zoo papers, still. the Panama papers. That doesn't quite work. There's not enough of a pun there. Um, yeah. It's okay. Okay. They don't all have to be great. <laughs> and they really are. But yeah, the other thing is now, so that oh, that was to say that now I'm working in this like building and there's not like heaps of natural light. I mean, there is, but in my office there isn't. Um, so I have to get used to that. I've been taking myself for walks every day and they kind of think that's weird. Like on my, like on oh, a lunch break. between, you know, well, or just like a no coffee lunch. break. Like, oh, just whenever. Like, I'll just go out for walks whenever. <laughs> just just spora- sporadically not in the office when people go to look for you. Well, I don't like being in the office. I'm a, I'm a, wild, I'm a wild animal, Nick. <laughs> you worked at um, a zoo. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think that is an unfortunate yeah. comparison? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wild animal. And where I've chosen to... <laughs> I spend my hours. I need to be out in my natural habitat. (laughs) Yeah, didn't think that through. Okay, so anyway, so no, fuck zoos are terrible. What? I'm just joking. I just thought it'd be funny to say that zoos were terrible. What? So walk me through these walks. Yeah, first one. First one of the day. When are we talking? Maybe maybe ten forty-five. Oh, okay. Pop it. I'm on the fifth floor. I shouldn't say uh-huh. that. I'm on a floor, um, and <laughs> oh, I'll take the elevator down. Find you now. <laughs> they could put it together. <laughs> they could. They couldn't get through because anyway. So I take the elevator down. The elevator is fun because it goes pretty fast. Fast for an elevator, which you get a bit of a head rush. So I think that's maybe part of what I like. You uh-huh. know, get like a vroom, like uh-huh. that feeling of. Um, falling, and then I will, you know, just walk around the block at ten forty-five. Is your call coming in? Is that what you're saying? I just keep getting messages from KC about the suits, because he um, 
not to backtrack too far, but they didn't have his size at the no. store we were in, so he's had to go pick it up elsewhere. And it's just, uh, they're charging him more than it should be. But is he's not in the groom's party. Yeah, he is. Is he? Yeah. Oh, he's got, Ben's just got like a two for one deal there. Yeah. It's like, um, so can, am I in the groom's party and I don't know about it? <laughs> I don't believe so. I think you probably would have been invited. Sorry. The elevator gives you a head rush. <laughs> you came into that, back into that so frosty. Um, yeah, elevator, head rush, and I will just walk around the block. Um, it, it's. I also work near a, like a university, so it feels like I'm back in university a little bit. So oh. Go line the lawns. Maybe? It wouldn't feel like university for you unless you saw me with my headphones in laughing to myself as I wandered through the quadrant. So it can't be Those the full the days. 20, 2010 experience. Those were the days, man. It do, But it does, I think there's a bit of like nostalgia for that. Mm. Um, like just like I'll sit in the park. But now I feel like one of the lecturers. Like oh. I, f- I feel distinctly all, older yeah they're all babies than the uni students but there's like there's like a, a you know a couple over there like this is all lying down on the university lawns there's like a couple canoodling and then there's someone reading a, a textbook over there and you know then there's a group of friends playing i don't know hacky sack and i'm like ah these kids you know they've got their whole lives ahead of them i really feel that you know that role that I'm stepping into. What role though? Like you're not going to walk up to random uni students and be like, "Oh, got any questions?" I might. <laughs> I might do that. <laughs> Learn from your elders. Here is what I have accumulated in my years on this planet. <laughs> well, I think my uh, with the uh, with the rate that I'm going grey at, I think I could pass off as a lecturer. Yeah. Yeah, but what in? Probably philosophy. Oh, I don't think you'd know. Good vibes? Nah, I don't buy you as a philosophy lecturer. You're too you're too you hip. You're too you're too well Whoa. put together. Whoa, keep them coming, baby. Um, what else am I to? Don't throw don't don't mix it up with an insult. <laughs> Damn don't it. Don't mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was going next and you saw it coming. Um, I don't know what you'd be a lecturer in. I could see you in like a media studies. Okay. Oh, that's what I do. So that oh. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like English. Yeah. Yeah. But not like, the, I, not I like think... a classics lecturer. Like the English teacher mm. who'd study like looking for Ella Brandy or like a mm. 2002 era movie. Not someone who's like read this. lots of books. Yeah. Maybe film. Film studies? Yeah. Okay. Why are you smiling like that? Because I, I can see it now. I just, you know, I was thinking back to my film studies classes and trying to picture what the lecture looked like. And I reckon in retrospect, you're sort of in the zone. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I did romanticize for a while because my folks wanted me to be a teacher. Like that's what they were kind of pushing on me. Well, well they not were... pushing on me, but they were heavily encouraging me to getting do. into the family business well every that's the thing everyone in my family is a teacher and i think that's why i didn't want to be a teacher but also being a teacher is weird because you're you spend your you just spend your whole life in a school is that the is that the you yeah, just recycle I mean, unless you're at university the, but yeah knowledge yeah mm. but i think like the the image the um the the aesthetic of 
like a like a thirty somethings teacher who you know parties, you know he parties. Um, the film he's got studies kind of students a, he's definitely got, do. He's got a bit of a, a sassy sense of humor, uh-huh. uh, and yeah, he'll sass with the kids, but he he loves them. Ultimately, he loves them a lot. He cares for them, um, but he's got he's got there's something about him. Are you, you picturing know, like a Robin Williams about, type? I was thinking more like a Paul Rudd type. A Paul Rudd In, type, jeez. You know, like he did a movie called I can't remember what it's called, but he played like this character. He was a university. Lecturer, <laughs> a movie I called I can't remember what it's called, but he played this character. It's quite a yeah. confusing title to Google. Has like a beard. He has, you know, relationship issues, of course. And he has a slight drinking problem. <laughs> How do you have a anyway, slight drinking problem? Functioning alcoholic. Okay. So the drinking problem only affects himself and that's why it's slight. Okay. I, I'll buy yeah. it. Yeah. It never affects his work, but he's he's drinking a bit too much just to... Quieten the voices in his head. <laughs> this is sounding biographical. We're still. <laughs> we're talking about Paul Rudd. I'll just. Yes, I was. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Just yeah. reiterate. Yeah. This is a Paul Rudd movie. Um, well, yeah, I don't know how we got into that. Anyway, started a new job. It's going all right. Thanks for asking. And you got a laptop. Yeah. Got a laptop. Um, what have you I'm got? I'm just going to grab you my power, anything? my power cable, which is somewhere down the back here. This is probably the first time I've ever seen you a bit like frazzled and flustered. Well, you really his... are. It's coming through. You're all over the shop, mate. You're a mess. I'm a mess. Pits are sweaty. Mum's spaghetti. Knees weak. Arms um, spaghetti. I <laughs> <laughs> love uh, your bars, dude. Yeah. Well, I've I've already proven my rapping chops on this podcast. I don't need to do it every time. That's um, true. The, Who's calling you? Who? Which call are you waiting for? Which customer service? Well, that's call? that's what I was gonna say. So I've had <laughs> this is not a very interesting story, but I'm gonna tell it with gusto, and I think that will make it worthwhile. It's, it's interesting because you're in a different state than I think the listeners are used to. Okay, well, maybe it's not coming. Is it coming across? Audibly, it's coming across. It's physically. I'm picking up on it big time and I'm not observant. I think uh, my pits. Yeah. There's a little. Yep. You can I, see it physically. Never, never, never do that again. Yeah. There's grossness. Oh, yeah. So. I just feel like. Gross. <sighs> I didn't even. Nick, <sighs> never do that to me again. Uh, yeah. Okay. I Seriously. feel it. Seriously, never do that. Okay. Fucking gross. Fucking gross. Okay. Well, I feel like Get now on with you're the story. being a little bit mean about it. Let's just get on with the story. Fucking biology, and you brought it up. Okay, if it's just fucking biology, I'll just pull my pants down. (laughs) You have on this podcast pulled your pants down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, just like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think we posted that clip as well. You posted it, but with the fucking cowards emoji over it. Yeah, well, we'll get fucking flag. We'll get shadow banned on Instagram. Oh, that, yeah, we'll we'll lose all of our followers. And then, then how will people know? How will people know? <laughs> then how how will they know where the podcast is? <laughs> uh, oh, anyway, um, I I'm waiting for a call from Apple. 
it's a boring tech problem that I'm having with some iMessages that's been plaguing me for a few months. And I have had several hours worth of calls with um, the customer service people trying to sort it. And the fun thing is now I've been escalated so far up the chain that I have like first name basis with some of these people and a private email address. I have like a, a customer service form. This is true. I have a customer service form which lets me leave voicemail messages for my individual customer service agent. I'm dealing with the same person every time wow. now. It's got to that level. And his name's Tim Cook. Well, <laughs> and I am just <laughs> on a one-to-one relationship as we try and sort this shit out. But um you've really you've taken your your complaining to a a new level. It's not it's even like a promotion. I just want the fucking thing fixed and they don't know what... Can the... you tell me what the problem is? I'm dying to know. It's okay, This isn't worth it. But so uh, for iPhone users sending a direct message, uh, an S, like a text message to other iPhone users, it uses the iMessage service. I can text yeah. two of my friends. If I message them individually, it's a blue iMessage bubble. If I message them together, even though it should be a three-person group iMessage, instead it sends it as an SMS and it splits off the chat into two different people. And so then if they respond to me, it's not a group thing. You know, they both come back as separate threads. And so I can text them individually fine as an iMessage, but I just can't get the fucking group thing to become an iMessage. And it used to be the case that it was a group message and now it's just turned into an SMS and no one knows the fuck why. So... It's mm-hmm. just frustrating because I use it for good grief writing and the three of us are trying to coordinate this shit like when can you plan this stuff or when can we, you know, send this off together and you can't fucking do a group message <laughs> when all the SMSs keep splitting off into two different people's threads. It's very... Oh, okay. yeah, that tedious. that would be very annoying. So anyway, I, I've been trying to resolve this now for a, um, a couple of weeks, a few co- phone calls in and uh, long story short... Uh, the guy that I was dealing with doesn't work Thursdays and Fridays. Um, so he said, can I get back to you on Saturday? And I picked a time that I wanted him to call me and he hasn't called me. So that's that's why I was hanging around. Story of your life. Yeah. Wow, okay. Which is... Um, I would have expected Apple to be on the ball with you that. You know, to yeah. their credit, calling Apple is like the loveliest customer service experience you can have. Um you, you, if you have an issue with them, and you go through the um, the uh, app thing to request help, it'll say uh, estimated call wait time, two minutes, and you press the thing, and you press you know one I'm ready for this call you know please speak to me, and I will honestly get in touch with a human person speaking to me within 30 seconds of dialing apple every single fucking time it is like magic (laughs) it is like magic and when you compare it to this fucking you know process i had with amazon prime trying to deal with an issue a couple of months ago or with uber trying to resolve their fucking delivery system god am i appreciative of actual good customer service But uh, they still haven't called you. They haven't called me. But, yeah, as a whole, that that process always, always seems easier with Apple. Okay. Mm. Well, I hope they, hope they get in touch. Yeah. So, otherwise, um, I've been in a pretty normal state of affairs with, with work and everything. Um, so, nothing much to report on that end. Great. Did you have any topics for today? 
not really a topic, but did you see that James Corden being a dick got in the news? Yeah, I did see that. That's it fun. made me happy. It made me really happy. Do you so see that he then apologised um, and was let back in is the thing? Yeah. So do you know what happened? I've got the article up here if it's worth it. but uh, it looks He like was, he was rude to waiters at a restaurant. Okay, if you want to just cut right to the chase. You fucking sure. asked me to. <laughs> you literally said it like 10 seconds ago. Well, it's it's validating, isn't it, Nick? Because we've always we've always said that James Corden is the fucking worst. I have, and to have him banned by a New York restaurateur, that's just that's a fantastic. I went to his show. I think I told you that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said for it on those here. who don't remember um, or weren't listening back then, when I was working on a TV show about five years ago, four years ago now, um, I went over to. LA to do some filming and one of the things we got to do was go and watch a taping of Corden and he was just really unpleasant um when we were there in the audience he literally never said a single word to us famously if you go and see Colbert he'll come out and greet the audience beforehand answer some questions same for Fallon same for um, Myers that kind of thing um there's obviously a warm-up act who gets the crowd going because they want loud applause and that sort of thing, and then um, off the show goes. But the warm-up act was Reggie Watts, who seems lovely and was doing all the fucking heavy lifting because he, uh, as in uh, Corden, when it was time to go, walked on stage, didn't acknowledge the audience, didn't say hello to anyone, didn't talk to anyone. In between the ad breaks, when he was like, when they were resetting for the next interview or that sort of thing, he did not address the audience. He did not look at the audience. When there was a band, they would stand him in the stand, like amongst audience members, so that they could then throw to the band that was set up on the front of the thing. And so he was literally standing side by side, right in the mix next to everyone. And all he was doing was just on his phone, flicking Twitter, didn't look at anyone around him, didn't speak to anyone around him. Then at the end of the show, got up, walked off set, disappeared. And Reggie Watts chimed in and said, thank you, James is so grateful that you all came out here today. You know, it's a really important part of the show and we're really appreciative. But like literally not a single word from Corden. Not a single word. Fucking hate him. It no, I've never actually so seen him. But I just never liked his face. No, I just immediately got the vibe that it was like, nah, you don't seem like a nice person. Seems like a two-faced guy. Mm-hmm. I've heard that Jimmy Fallon's a bit of a likes a drink. Yeah, have you heard that? Yeah, we just gossip now about. It's late just night gossip. Hosts. Who's your, who's your favorite? <laughs> who's your favorite late night host? Myers, easily. Whoa, easily. Guess who's my? Guess who mine is? You could guess it. I reckon. Is it Colbert? It's good podcasting. So it's not Myers, it's not Colbert, it's not Fallon, it's not Corden. Kimmel? Yeah, baby. He's the best. Really? He's the best one. I love mm. him. I like him. Now that's he's got the he's got the opposite vibe of of Corden. You like him. That's that surprises me because he's As in, he's done I, like the man show. He's a bit blokey. Yeah, but th- but that's what I like about him is actually the fact that he used to be that guy and then he's yeah. he's really changed. He's become more um, outwardly uh, emotional and political. All that stuff about his kid and his wife was mm. really heartfelt. 
his advocacy for women's rights and things has really become a forefront and and same with like medical care that sort of thing he's he's really mm. explicitly spoken about that more in recent years um so yeah he he's risen in my estimation yeah he um he bill maher's got a podcast now i'm a big oh. fan of bill maher i know you hate oh. him but um he did an episode with kimmel a couple of months ago and kimmel's got this like huge beef with um jay leno because of that whole conan fiasco with letterman and leno has a beef with sorry kimmel no, has kimmel a beef hates with leno. leno why yeah. Because uh, he sided with, with Conan, right? Okay, cool. With yeah, and he was like, he was also very good. Well, Dave Letterman was his like mentor. Yeah, and so he was just like, I'm team these guys, and they yeah. really get into this late night beef. Yeah, like into like the into like the finances and stuff. Like, sorry, what, can... what in, in this podcast with Bill Maher, he talks about yes. this, right? Yeah, they both get stoned actually. And they just talk about all this, like the the politics and behind the scenes, um, you know, management of late night, the dealings and stuff, the deals that were offered, the deals that were rejected. It's really good. Mm, interesting. You can stomach Bill Maher for ten minutes. I'll send you the clip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Bill uh, Maher yeah. has has gone off the rocker a bit for me. I I don't know. He just seems like a crazy person. I think he's probably got. The most important show. In the what? <laughs> what? I think his show, Real Time, is maybe the most, the most important, important show. show. Well, <laughs> it's the only show that I've ever seen that has people from both sides of the political spectrum oh. on for a for a, for a genuine debate, no. and it, like that, and they work it out, and it's not like you know, it's not like mean or anything, or it's no. not like it's not you know, so partisan. Oh, no. I just think it's great. He's a he's an American hero. He's my hero. <laughs> I oh, love God. him. What is it about you probably... with vaguely centrists that ultimately end up rather conservative white figureheads and idolization? He's like, not... where does this come how from? Is he, how is he, how is he vaguely, well, you said he's vaguely centrist and now conservative. That yeah. is, that is, that's not how I see it at all. They're they're vaguely centrist and leaning towards liberal. No, but not anymore. You see it as vaguely cons- Yeah, well, that's because why is that? That's because uh, your the world's politics has moved so far left, so that it looks like they're conservative. Yeah, they they have stayed the same, and in fact, are resistant towards that evolution in so many ways that so they end up closer to the right than they were when they started. And, and I would argue that it's not necessarily an evolution. Right, but society t- society over time becomes more liberal. That's just the state of all of it. E- everything is always sure. historically more liberal than it was 100 years ago and 100 years before that, you know. All of it sure. slides that way. The the other thing, like, to, I'm not going to call Bill Maher a modern-day conservative in the sense that Modern day GOP politics are fucking like insane, loopy, Trumpies, Trumpist kind of crazies. But I think he's now slid yeah. into a classical conservative position. Yeah. And by that you in, mean in terms of like fifty because 50 of the years virtue ago. of the fact he's he is he is conserving his views that from you know the the 
the noughties or the nineties. Yeah, from the noughties, nineties, that era. Yeah. I think that the 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 more liberal talking points have pulled further left, and the more conservative um, parties have headed way way right. And so where he was in centre left has now in that spectrum ended up more conservative than than it was due to that broadening of of where society currently is and where the leftist and rightist views headed it. But don't you think that if that's just it's just on the superficial uh, issues, like on things like women's rights and you know abortion and I don't know euthanasia and gay marriage and stuff. Like, are you saying that those issues are like old old news? No, because, because I mean, yes, in some ways, and um, but like Bill Maher's positions on some of that stuff is more like conservative shit. Um, I'm trying to find good examples of stuff that he's talked about recently. Well, I watch his show almost every week. Yeah, I, I I really don't think he's conservative. I only see the um, the controversies the as they sure. spew up. He does what he does have is like a he has a gripe with millennials, which is the oldest he sounds is when he talks about millennials, which is a lot. Yeah, he's like his view of millennials is that. All millennials are just looking at their phones all the time. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. The, um, the, it was true. the anti-vax stuff that I saw that really put me off Bill Maher because he was bringing... Anti-vax? Yeah, he was bringing anti-vax people on and talking about so? the links between vaccines and autism and Bill Maher sided with that guy. What was his name? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff where like I, that... That whole like we've we've trod this ground so much now, but like yeah, that old thing of like there. okay, let's bring on you know both sides of the issue to talk about it. I don't think that you can do that unless you're willing to fact check people in the in the course of that discussion. Otherwise, it just becomes platforming without context. Um, and so either you have a, a format which allows both sides of the debate to um, state their opinions, and then you weigh in with a, a factual um, reconciliation of what those positions represent or you're really just not like you're just giving a platform to people whose beliefs are not scientifically valid okay well I disagree but I don't think we should talk about this do you um, think that there is value I... to having unscientific viewpoints aired in a public place without verification well I think within the context of Bill Maher's show when people do have, you know, unsubstantiated claims, they're often made fun of. Well, not made fun of, but throughout the course of the discussion, it, in my experience watching the show, it seems that they are, you know, in a, in a sense ridiculed. Uh, you know, he had, um, who was uh, Trump's uh, media, Kel- uh, Kellyanne, Conway. Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway? Yeah. She was on. Uh, they had a one-on-one one chat. I mean, that's an example of someone who's just, you know, got crazy views on things or she just sees the world in a, in a completely different way than, you know, you or I or Bill Maher. Uh-huh. And he eviscerated her and kind of made a fool of her. I mean, I just feel I feel that his show is actually pretty balanced. And if you want a world where... Where people who um, 
don't necessarily have the right idea on things, don't have a voice, then I think um, what you're going to do is just kind of you're going to lose the the discourse, uh, and you need you need you need that argument to take place openly, and you need people to be able to watch you know, a debate um, on a show like that, you know. But why does that why does it have to happen in a comedian's context? Can't well, that debate happen anywhere else? Can't, yes, of course it is. Can't that debate happen on where any of the other news shows that do it all the fucking time? They don't do it all the time. Of course They've, they do. All, all the all those. Well, what what news network in America isn't partisan? Well, CNN will constantly bring on people from both sides of the. Um, an issue, the debate on, say, vaccines or, I don't know, trans kids or whatever, and, and fill up a screen with, you know, six voices in different boxes all having an opinion and the, a journalist there to, to curate the debate. But you know that CNN is left-leaning from the get-go. So it's not like a fair fight. I don't think that CNN is, is universally seen as left-leaning. I think they're seen as fairly centrist. MSNBC, I would say absolutely left. Um, mm. But I think CNN is seen as fairly neutral. Okay. Anyway, well, I, I guess I'm just saying that I don't yeah, think that this only happens in a... This can only happen because Bill Maher's facilitating it. Okay. Okay. Can't be bothered. <laughs> can't be bothered going first. <laughs> I can't be bothered. Uh, I've got a question for you. Uh-huh. Um, this was put to me yesterday. I thought it was fun. Okay. Uh, it might be a little bit like needing you to think on the spot. So if it is, then whatever. Oh, I don't like, I don't like but, doing that. No, no, no. Um, it, is, it kind of ties into what we're talking about, though. Is there something that you that you thought for ages, like um, that you had, you'd been thinking your whole life and then realized it was wrong and you were just like, oh, I've just been thinking. It could be, it could be anything. Um, my example for this was that I thought for ages, like for up until a couple of years ago, that for all intents and purposes was intensive purposes. Mm. So I'd just been saying for all intensive purposes. But could be it's anything. a good question. It's a hard one to. It is a good question. It's think of just spontaneously. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a a great one ready to go, but there is something which I have been recently aware of the updated sort of medicine on, which is the, the fat people thing. Um, and I guess historically growing up, there is a stigma around overweight people where it's, uh, commonly reinforced that there is a laziness or a um, an intrinsic kind of failure which has resulted in people being overweight. And I have recently seen in the past few years some studies and some discourse talking about how actually for some people there is biological differences in the way that our bodies store fat and that they can eat Mm. fucking zero calories, like so little and still be overweight 
and, you know, be starving their whole fucking day, eat nothing but, you know, good food, exercise frequently, and still have a body type which is larger um, than that. And uh, than that sort of, like, societal expectation. Um, And so that's been an interesting sort of adjustment that I have actively tried to make, which is to take away perhaps some of the perceptions judgment and judgment around that um because i think you know there has been a a specific um movement towards you know love yourself love your body and that kind of thing and i think it's easy for people to be cynical about that um but i have tried Mm. to be um more aware of um that biological difference and how it difficult it must be if you are conscious about your body type to then perhaps right. have an uphill battle against your own unchangeable biology um, mm. and the psychological pressures that must put on you from society. I think that's a good one. <clears throat> and it's also very uh, funny that you mentioned that because James Corden and Bill Maher had that beef. Do you remember that? No. About, he called James Corden fat, and then James Corden did this like monologue about how you shouldn't call people fat. I vaguely remember that, but yeah. It was a thing. But yeah, it's an interesting one. I've been thinking a little bit about that recently as well. Um, it's, it is easy to slip into judgment. I think, yes, the Love Yourself movement is good for mental health broadly speaking in terms of not you know especially in the social media era especially when teenagers are you know spending a lot of time on instagram and seeing people's best versions of themselves but then it's also you don't want to go too far and and just say you know well i mean being fat um is a health risk you know having more visceral fat on your body leads to uh, a greatly higher inc- uh, chance of getting cancer and heart disease. Good yeah, but there's, but there's even that. nuances in that which is coming out now in some of the studies. And, and uh, to be clear, generally 100% true, but there are people, there are people, I think they said something like 10 to 20% of people who are, at least on BMI terms, obese, when mm. you actually go and measure their other vital sign vital signs take their blood samples that kind of thing they're actually perfectly healthy so like in terms mm. of um cholesterol levels in terms of blood pressure in terms of all that kind of thing there are people who can be obese according to some of those metrics and entirely healthy and there is that that very valid possibility so i 100 percent agree with you that there are definitely mm. connections for like heart disease and all kinds of that's um, those other disorders we all know about but there is also this not insignificant sub portion where it isn't true and and yeah it, sure. I, it's just interesting to now come to a, a place where some of that science is out there saying that your perceptions are not a hundred percent necessarily true yes and i think um compassion always and trying to be understanding and not judgmental even though being judgmental is obviously the easy thing especially when you're just looking at a stranger or someone sitting you sitting next to you on an airplane and you're pissed off that you're you know 
you've got a bit a little bit less room it is very easy to slip into judgment but then like if you break it down that person is almost certainly aware of you know if they're if they're morbidly obese say they're they're certainly aware of their 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 presence um, and aware that they're you know fat um and they probably don't like it um and you know yeah it is like a little bit of like you want to you want to say well just get on a treadmill or just put down the chips and i think that's probably true for a lot of cases of fat people like you you could really just there is there is you know, a try a bit harder but if you want to i wouldn't necessarily always say try a little bit harder but there is definitely the case for a lot of people that it is changeable right that that there are there are changes that could be made in either in diet exercise or whatever it may not be the case that they're not trying they could be fucking trying their guts out and not getting anywhere and for for a whole variety of other reasons like it could be very hard for them to eat healthily if they're fucking poor and the only food they have Mm. access access to is cheap things or maybe they're working you know, crazy nights or shifts or that kind of thing. Mm. And you don't have the time to cook a, a decent meal or to go out and buy something healthy. There are always going to be other factors beyond just like put down the chips. But at the same time, I think you are right that there is now this interesting gray zone where we are in an area where it's like, yes, love your body. Yes. Um, sometimes being fat doesn't mean you're unhealthy. Yes. Um, sometimes being fat can be biologically just your natural body state, but also wanting to encourage generally being more active because there are a whole bunch of other like psychological and physical benefits to activity. So where do you, where do you walk this tightrope now to find good messaging that communicates to people that need to hear it in an encouraging way without being off-putting or, denigrating or you know dismissive Mm. or discouraging or there's it's a very tricky um, pr health message question right totally and i think social media is like a big part of it as well now especially with teenagers who uh well i mean we didn't really we didn't have social media growing up so we had we had this kind of weird idealization of you know they're just the people that were on TV or in the movies. But now for, you know, for girls, especially, I imagine, and I mean, guys, boys have, you know, body issues as well, you know, wanting to, wanting to, you know, look like, a, you know, Ryan, Ryan Gosling or Chris Hemsworth. I mean, that, that is, that still exists for boys, but I do feel like for, for girls, it is something that they constantly think about more than boys. I mean, I never really thought about my body, or how you know thinking I never needed I never felt like I needed to f- be muscly until I was like 25 and then I was like look at those <laughs> fucking arms you skinny bitch <laughs> but I think girls have that from a very early age you know and it they, might be different for that's, guys that's, now that's, today actually in a social media world you know uh, I, I think sense? well I just think that there might be more visibility and more pressure and more you know mm. uh, images being pushed at teenagers these days and we grew up with so maybe that also then correlates more to pressure on guys yeah yeah 
But also, um, you know, that can also be for overweight guys is the other thing. You know, there'll be fat kids or fat teens who are still feeling that pressure in the same way that overweight girls might, but perhaps to a um, different definition of fat or different degree of fat. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing is that society already, even if they are putting up, you know, curvier women up on swimsuit catalogs, or, you know, people are praising Lizzo for, you know, being big, owning a big and beautiful, whatever that, that can, that's all well and good, but I think society itself kind of selects for, you know, people who aren't, um, fat. Yeah. I feel like I shouldn't be using the word fat for no, some reason. I mean, that's a fair description. But in terms of like sexual preference um, for people, you know, people who aren't fat typically get selected over, you know, what's the other word? Felt? Overweight. Svelte. No, Svelte uh, skinny. What's the normal version? Just like medium average people, sure. let's say. Uh, and, you know, and I think you know, even in a professional sense, I think I can see how that could play a factor as well. And especially if, if there, there is that implicit judgment, if someone is fat and they're going for a job, it it's feasible that the, the interviewer might make a connection between they're not looking after themselves, even if they're, even if they're trying their guts out, yeah. you know, trying to get into shape, yeah. there might be a connection made between they're not looking after themselves, how they're going to you know, manage this portfolio. I don't know. Classic yeah. job to speak just there, but yeah, like, it could be that. But I think it's, you're totally describing something which has a hundred percent happened. <laughs> yeah. And probably disproportionately but, towards women. Totally. Totally. A, an overweight man, so, I would say is probably more likely to still get the job versus an overweight woman. Well, yeah, that's the, the historical thing as well. Like Kings, uh, I've, you know, Kings have been, you know, painted as you know kind of fat almost you know male well that male was royalty that was is the like this fat status opulent. symbol because having access to food in famine times and you know middle ages that was that was rich and desirable because that meant that you could feed yourself gorge yourself um that was status and now uh, you know this is yeah, but new news but now looking skinny is is status yeah yeah, it's like the your uh, your ability to abstain or self control. I guess that's what it is. But isn't that weird that your 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 idea of what is attractive is so informed by culture? Yeah, I just find that so crazy that that can even be a thing. Yeah, that's interesting. But I guess it's and just from a young age. It's like it's yeah. when you're in your formative years. That's when it's say, that's when it's you're media. you're building your ideas of the world and like what's valued and what's not. Yeah, and, and I wonder how that interconnects to... with the exoticism thing because I think we've talked about previously that sort of animalistic oh, yeah. DNA variance kind of thing mm. where where foreignness or exoticism is seen as desirable because it's. Yeah. you know a, a not too close a um genetic partner so i i wonder how mm. that intersects with a different cultures different aesthetics and body types and goals and and whether or not that a body type which is seen as less desirable in our own culture is still seen as desirable in a different culture because there's also a foreignness to it yeah it's also uh, we're really getting into it here, but um, I love it. 
Um, it's also, don't you just think like tits are weird? Like, not that they're <laughs> weird, but that they're so prized as this, the, like the epitome of, for obviously Nick, not for, not for you. Titties, oh. not for you. But, you know, for the rest why, why of us, can't, why can't for I enjoy everyone else, you can't, no one enjoys a man titty. Of course they no do. One. Okay. Somewhere on OnlyFans, someone enjoys a man titty, but. <laughs> okay. Have you not heard of chests before? Pectorals. Oh, well, we're talking about different things. Yes. Pecs, I'll get around every day sure. of the week. That's what a man titty is. No, it isn't. A man titty is a saggy titty. A saggy, no, saggy you're talking man about boobs. boobs. Uh, am I talking about moobs? Yeah. I thought I was talking about middies. Okay. I, I don't know what a midi is, and maybe you're correct that there's a, a new terminology for that that's sprung up. Anyway. Anyway, we've... Distracting me from my very important point. <laughs> tits are weird. <laughs> that, tits are weird, man. Tits are weird. There is that... Um, who was it? I forget. That photoshopped... So it was a protest against um, the nudity prevention or, like, the AI tools and, and processes on social media that would allow a shirtless man but not a shirtless woman and someone pasted yeah. male nipples over her breasts to um, make the point that well if it's fine on for them then why can't it be fine for me um, I forget who yeah. did it but it, I thought that was a fairly interesting. astute question yeah that is it's weird that like you can cover the nipple in a breast and that's for some re- somehow that's censoring yeah and then it's fine doesn't make like we know it we know what's there yeah and a man's nipple can be shown so what is it but yeah it's the it's it's it feels like this old it feels like primitive or like religious almost it feels like it's come from that time yeah it's a hangover what's that um that famous uh, there was the censorship question um, when talking about pornography and, and the line was, I'll know it when I see it. And I wonder if mm. uh, the thing with breasts is you can't define it, but I don't know. Are straight guys looking at bare female breasts and getting like turned on? Like, is that a thing? Because if it's a thing, then maybe there is some rationale behind it, right? But it's all, like, it's all, yeah. Or is that cultural? Like, is the only reason that that's a turn-on for some people mm. because it used to be taboo and that if you didn't make it yeah. taboo, then it wouldn't be a turn-on and thus, you know, you could have that equality. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking back to my early uh, sexual awakening um, a couple of years ago and, <laughs> um, and just thinking that, like, when you see, like, a, a breast in like a film or something and then all of a sudden you see the nipple it's just like oh there it is like that's the, it's completed the whole thing is complete um it's like but before the that it's just like oh it's like kind of mysterious and like it's that sexy and it's it's in its own but then when you see the nipple you're like now it's on like so yeah i've never had such maybe a, i'm part um, of the problem an explicit description of like the straight man's brain. <laughs> yeah. The little voice going, Oh yeah, now it's on. 
Now it's on, baby. <laughs> My first, the first time I think that ever happened for me was in a, um, in a film, we used to have these, we used to have a lot of movies um, around my house on VC on VHS uh, and they'd be recorded from, you know, free to air TV. Uh-huh. And one of those movies was Striptease with Demi Moore. Okay. I feel like I've spoken about this before, but in that film, this is like a very young Demi Moore, maybe it doesn't matter how old she is, but she gets her kit off in that movie. She's a stripper. And when it's towards the end of the film, I think from memory that she gets her, she takes her top off and you see her nipple for the first time. And, um, young Michael. that, that was a formative moment for me, I would say. Right. Formative to me more. I don't know that there <laughs> it's was weird to any... think about that. You think so? It sounds so old. It, yeah. I mean, Demi Moore is not a, a modern reference. Um, no. I don't think that there was such a, a thing for me because you just didn't see sexualized mm. men on screen. If they were shirtless, no. it was like a, you know, like a um, Troy. Rambo kind of, well, Troy was a bit later, but like a Rambo kind of like hyper masculine yeah. kind of violent connection thing like it was it was never from a female gaze or a gay gaze so it wasn't ever ogled it was like matter of fact or militaristic which is just not like right you know i suppose it's it's in the same way that like a a science class movie which might have a you know a breast in it is not going to be the same thing as watching demi moore in a striptease movie do a striptease and take it up like it's a very different yeah presentation so i don't think i ever really had like a not that i can remember like an on did you ever fan, did you ever like fantasize about like straight guys even if they were yeah you know in movies or whatever yeah i mean that so that's it, inevitable because there's need no them to be gay in order to be attracted to them no wait 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 say that again oh you, i don't need them to you be gay need... to be attracted to them no you know, yeah no of course not yeah um, and I'm, I'm and that's because there have not been gay people out on screen <laughs> until very recently, you know, like there just wasn't even, mm. that wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Now, have you seen bros? It's not out yet. Next week. It's not out yet. I'm very I've excited. Heard it's, too. Uh, I've heard it's really good, but it tanked. I've heard it's really good too. Um, but I don't think that they really, um, got the, the box office response that they were looking for. Um, yeah. Which is a shame. Um, Looks good. And I'm looking for it here. And it's looking like it's playing in, um, like, indie theatres, not in a Hoyts. And that mm. really surprised me. I don't, I don't get why it's not in a wide release. And I don't know if that's because it tanked in the US already or if it was never going to be widely shown here. But it feels like it could have. I have not seen any ads for it. So I feel like they, yeah, it's, it, they're just saving their money. It's... Um... It'll be interesting to see how it plays out here. I've heard a bit of the discussion, you know, about, you know, how the box office numbers in the US, about how disappointing they are. And that that suggests that America is still not ready for, you know, a a gay lead or a gay story. But they've, you know, they've done Brokeback Mountain and... You know what? I feel like it's... I feel like it's just more of a marketing thing. In the sense that... I think it is too. 
like there don't make it be like this is the gay movie yeah yeah i mean i get why you would make that point but i feel like that might then have the consequence of making it feel like it's not for straight people but i don't know how you market yeah. it in a way that feels inclusive I, I guess I would have lent more. I saw a lot of Billy Eichner um, around the place on the talk shows, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. He wrote it and he stars in it. But I didn't see Apatow talk about it as much. You want and Apatow's I feel like if you wanted Apatow it. out there and you were like, hey, I directed Bridesmaids, you know, we've got Forgetting yep. Sarah Marshall in this lineage, you know, like these are movies that you liked and here's my next one. I think that that could have yep. swung it a bit more. 100%. That's bang on the money, I reckon. Like, I think they did mention... They do mention... He talked about it. It's produced it. by him, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Produced? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they... Sh- I'm not sure if they've done, like, from the producer of, you know, Pineapple Express I think here or- and there, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, gr- I agree. That's what they should have They should have done. They should have thrown Apatow's name behind it a bit more. Yeah. And, like, literally got him out there interviewing a bit more. But um, yeah. because but people don't really know Billy Eichner, like Joe Blow doesn't know Billy. Eichner. No, and you know, to his credit as well, they decided to do that thing of cast only gay people in it, which is cool, but it does mean that there are no co-stars there that are recognizable names mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. so it is a it was an aspirational thing, and it was an opening the door kind of move by. Eichner to, to give these people opportunities that you wouldn't always get. But I do think that if you had Paul Rudd there as, you know, the best friend or whatever it might be, yeah, then all of a sudden you've got a few more names on the poster that you're like, oh, I like Paul Rudd. I'll go see this. Yeah, that'd be interesting if they had like a big name as the, you know, how they've that, that trope of having yeah, like the, the gay best, best friend, friend. <laughs> but it's always the side. Ca- yeah, yeah, the straight best friend that's like not in it too much, but is like a bit... Yeah. You know, maybe not sassy or whatever, yeah. but like they have like a, a quirk to them. It's, it's like a B character. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be an interesting. I mean, maybe they do do that. I don't know. They, they could to do have it, like a proper name. name. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm very keen to it yeah. to um see it, but yeah, there too. is literally I've had it open actually on my screen for a few days, waiting for the next week's movie times to appear because it's this Friday, uh, this Thursday that it comes out here. Um, and there's literally only one showing on Sunday night at one indie theatre. And it could just be because I haven't put up f- that times for, you know, other places just yet. That tends to be Mondays. Yeah. But it's not yeah. like a great sign that there's <laughs> there's not a full regimen of it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's funny, though. Did you watch Fire Island? What's that? Fire Island was the Joel Kim, Booster Bo and Yang gay um, kind of comedy anti-rom-com thing from earlier in the year. Um, Show or movie? Movie. Um, and it was it was okay. Joel Kim Booster had um, written it himself. And I don't think he was like a great writer. And by the end of it, like it was kind of the rom-com moment. And Casey and I watched it. And at the end of it, Casey said... This is why they shouldn't make movies like this for gay people. <laughs> he was just like, "Oh no, don't do that." <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
If you've enjoyed the Rodcast, because we've talked about Rod quite a lot, um, then check out more episodes of it in the feed. We were on deepfort.podbean.com. We're on our Facebook page at Deepfort on Instagram, though not for long if we put up some of the nipples. Um, Twitter for latest notifications. You can send questions to deepfort at gmail.com. You can... Uh, There must be another one, but you know what? I'm not going to bother about it today because we've all got places to be. Uh, So why don't you just get on with your life and not not fuss about it, is my takeaway from today. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Good, good reminder. Last episode, have you? Are we thinking the same thing? There were we there was a little bit of division about. um, Fuck, what was it? Um, the thing with the, uh, do you remember? What are you talking about? Division it's about, like the, oh, the shit, the animal the shit. shit. Is that what you're talking about? Animal shit. Okay. Yeah. We got some follow up. We had some, we got some follow up okay. and I should probably work out what this is, but, um, so can you just give the background again? Not, not, not just for the listeners, but also for me. <laughs> so it was, uh. There was a tweet going around about the various phrases, chicken shit being cowardly, um, dog shit being like crappy. Um, I forget the other ones. Um, Bat shit meaning crazy, that kind of thing. And I had posed to you that there was an opportunity there to find new animals and new definitions and fill out some of that um, menagerie a little bit more. So we went through a list with whale shit and rat shit, alpaca shit, you know, a few... Um, other ones of our own creation squid shit was a good one snake shit mm-hmm. and uh just rattled a few of those off and, and had some ideas and i think we had other people then coming back to us with a few more suggestions or some criticisms about how we defined these words we did indeed and um i'll uh i'll read a couple out we got so we got a response from um maggie uh-huh who's just a huge fan huge fan nick that's always listening always, mess- always you, messaging very active be more like maggie message us about things that you liked or hated about the show maggie said that uh rat shit did we say did we say yep. what rat shit was so rat shit we'd ended up with either traitorous or untrustworthy or maybe like stingy or cheap mm. Yep, uh, Maggie strongly disagreed with this and said that rat shit is about quality. Okay. The quality of the show is rat shit. Okay, so like it's low and there. low quality. Yep. Um, she also had an issue with squid shit. Do you uh-huh. remember what we said for that one? We said it was unreliable. Unreliable. Maggie said squid shit. Squid shit should be intellectual and confusing shit, like a like a like to describe a weird geek. For example, talking about different universes. That squid shit isn't for me. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, she's also clarified that with crow shit, medieval scary vibes. Yep. We didn't yeah, have a I definition for crow one. shit, I think. we I talked about it, but I didn't have one. Parrot, this is still Maggie. Parrot shit should be like, been there, done that. I don't know He's that just that works. Talking parrot shit. I don't know that works because because p- parrot's already kind of its own thing by itself. Sure. 
Mm. Like if you're and, parroting um, someone, our... it kind of feels like you're you're saying the same thing. It's got to be a, it has to have a slightly different nuance with the word shit on the end. It can't just be the same thing. I don't think. I agree. Um, and alpaca alpaca shit is like another version of full of shit. Yeah, alpaca of shit equals yeah. made up all of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I think she was a bit drunk at this point. But um, <laughs> thanks, Maggie. Thank you, Maggie. Um, agree with those. We also, I, I just I know this might be laborious. Laborious. Mm-hmm. Good use of the word until you then questioned yourself and made it less authoritative. I'll never change, Casper said so he's also got an opinion on rat shit he said rat shit is um already slang okay so it's already in the vernacular really vernacular, he's hearing rat one. shits out on the street there's rat shits out on the street apparently he's in he's currently in spain though at the moment so oh, he might that's be probably hearing where it's different coming things. yeah a lot of rats on the street um and and he says and coincidentally the meaning is as you imagined it okay so we got that one right apparently according Traitorous to traitorous or untrustworthy um squid shit he said also forget squid shit but i think just saying squid <laughs> could oh. be a swear word oh like oh damn it <laughs> right squid. oh squid i mean it does have a musicality like all the good swears yeah. it's a pretty good word squid yeah it does sound like one of those whenever there's like a time traveling character that comes from the 2070s like back to our age and they've and they've made up new slang it does sound (laughs) a little bit like that when like oh that's so doink and you're like okay i know what you're trying to get at but it doesn't work (laughs) yes isn't that weird though that we're like there's gonna be like in in 200 years time People will be talking slightly differently. Totally. In a thousand years' time, they're going to be talking real different. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you just love to hear how they're talking? Yeah, that's going to like be like people who are living in twelve hundred AD. Yeah. Like it, they could keep up with a conversation, but like they'd be like, "What the fuck?" It's got like something. Well, twelve hundred would, would be quite different still from what we're talking today. Yeah. But um, but yeah. like if if someone had was English accents. If someone in the year 3000 was learning English, it'd be like us learning Latin, right? Like, it'd be so fucking old school. It wouldn't, though. It wouldn't be that far removed, I don't think. Well, what were they talking in the year 1000? Uh, was it? I mean, I don't know. I just imagine, I mean, when was Shakespeare? Or, Shakespeare like, was I know Shakespeare. 1600s talk and then anything before that i'm like you're all shakespeare okay <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're, you're shakespeare from like 1600 and then to, to all the, the way back to, then it's just to whenever english was invented for the first time yeah <laughs> that's the earliest version of that sure. um but i don't know before that i don't know wasn't everyone speaking arabic i don't know okay i don't think that we're sounding very knowledgeable at the moment we don't need to um was that the end of that message? Yes, that was yeah, it. Okay. Um, I can All right. Sort of. Bye. 